It's the Real Estate Podcast, brought to you by Ray White, the largest real estate and property group in Australasia. And welcome to another episode of the Real Estate Podcast. We're talking to Simon Kustenmaha from the Demographics Group. And we've already spoken to Simon once before. He gave us some predictions for 2022. Simon, welcome back to the Real Estate Podcast. Ah, it's awesome to be back. Now, the first question I've got to ask you is, has there ever been a time in history when such an emphasis has been put on the housing sector, especially with the phrase like the market is hot or demand has outstripped supply or the market continues to break records? This is probably easy to read, but the government has no appetite, right, for house prices to drop. So this is likely to continue pretty strong into 2022. Yes, I would predict house prices to continue to go up simply because there is no appetite, as you mentioned, from politics to actually drive down house prices. There are levers, you know, politicians could pull in order to drive house prices down. Um, but we've saw, we, we saw this at the last federal election, the unlosable election that Bill Shorten lost, um, that this is not popular. We have a very high share of the population owning their homes in Australia. We have the vast majority of them, their family home is their, their largest asset. It makes up the biggest share of their wealth. So any policy that drives down house prices will be very unpopular with about 70% of the population. So therefore, politicians, in order to pretend uh, to, to do something useful, they can only introduce tiny little policies that at least on the face of, of it look like they might solve the house price crisis, if you will. And, you know, then you introduce a first home buyer's grant. That's nonsense. It just makes sure that everybody has more money. It doesn't increase the uh, number of houses on the market. It doesn't change the supply side. Um, so it's a policy that kind of like sounds good at first, you know, sounds good on a, on a soundbite, but it doesn't really touch house prices down. There is no appetite whatsoever to drive house prices down. So I would predict based on this alone and based on the fact that we will continue to see the big millennial generation leaving um, their inner city apartments in order to buy big family sized homes and the return of migrants to Australia. That means there's enough activity in the housing market and the prices will stay up in 2022 as well. And with the pandemic comes a lot more time for people entertaining at home. And of course, what comes from that is the question of whether in 2022, the average house in Australia will in fact become bigger in 2022. Have you got any sort of thoughts, predictions on that? Oh, absolutely. So the, the average house size in Australia is only going to go up. The first element there is very easy. It's because the big generation of the millennials is leaving relatively small apartments behind and they are buying, they are building relatively large houses. That drives the, the average house size up uh, as is. But there is, of course, another trend that was pandemic induced, which just means that we take um, functions that were used to be done outside of the home, entertaining, eating, exercising, working. You took those back into the home and all of these activities actually need space more than anything. So all of a sudden, you know, you might as well plan in another room in most houses for a study. Then you want to make room for a bit more exercise equipment. All of this really results in larger homes. 
Yeah, it's interesting because when you think of like a Zoom room, an office, as you're talking about, it wasn't that long ago that a home cinema room was kind of put onto the plans. But I think office now is just way ahead of a cinema room. Absolutely. And offices don't need to be terribly big. They need to fit a large desk and uh, they need to have a door to keep the kids and the cats out of the uh, business calls and um, that's about it so it's a relatively easy um, room to add to a house you know not all home offices need to be terribly fancy and big for most people that will be sufficient to have a reasonably small room set aside for that And so as we spend more time, particularly in the home, we're spending more than ever in places like Bunnings, barbecues galore, Harvey Norman. I mean, it's a a big spend going on as well. So we are cocooning. We're spending more time at home. That means, uh, and we're spending less time abroad, which is a big expense for, for many households. That means we have more money. That is just, you know just available to us to be spending on making our house prettier, better. And Bunnings is an obvious winner. winner. Or, you know, bedding, furniture, white goods, all of those things are big, big winners in the pandemic. While the pandemic happened to us all, and it's still happening, the social economic divide actually widens across different job markets, doesn't it? Ah, absolutely. So if you look at the pandemic, you might be excused to think, ah, this hit everybody the same. You know, they said it quite often. The virus doesn't discriminate. Everybody is just as likely uh, to catch the virus and to die of the virus. Well, that all sounds like a big equalizer in society, but the opposite is actually true. We know very much that the jobs that were lost were almost exclusively in the lower income end of the spectrum. The top end uh, of the jobs, the high paying knowledge jobs actually grew throughout the pandemic because you could easily hire people, you know, with laptops uh, that sit at home. That wasn't a problem. But to grow your hospitality business uh, was impossible during the lockdown. So you actually lost plenty of jobs. So you've seen that the, the top end of town didn't suffer much during the pandemic, um, whereas the bottom end suffered an awful lot. You've, you've heard statistics as well as the globally speaking that billionaires doubled their wealth throughout the pandemic. So the pandemic was very much not an equalizer. It made the socioeconomic divide wider, if anything else. And if we are lucky, the blow may be softened by an infrastructural boom that creates employment opportunity for middle-income earners. Absolutely. So this is, uh, you don't hear this often, but here I have to praise our politicians on state and federal levels. The one thing that you want to do if you go through a recovery from a big hit like this is to double down on infrastructure spending. For the last two decades, we made the terrible mistake of allowing population growth to outpace infrastructure growth. Now, there's no argument against population growth and saying uh, there are too many people, therefore we have traffic congestion, therefore houses are expensive. Um, That's not true. You can easily have a country that is four times the size as Australia and have affordable housing and uh, flowing traffic. We allowed to grow our population, but not invest into infrastructure. And now finally, everybody has seen the light and is playing catch up. A lot of money is being put aside for smart infrastructure programs. The only problem here is 
that we don't have enough workers. If we were to start all those infrastructure programs that we have budgeted for, there are simply not enough skilled, you know, tradies out there to do to do all those jobs. So therefore, we need to make sure that we have no hurdles in the TAFE system to, to build, to create this workforce ourselves. And of course, we are, we will heavily be relying on skilled migrants from overseas to come to Australia to build all the stuff that we are willing to pay for. Well, Simon, it is great to hear some of your predictions for 2022. Great to get you back onto the podcast and thanks for coming back and explaining some of that to us. It's been a pleasure. We connect you to the best real estate information across Australia. The Real Estate Podcast. 